my life, my choices, my mistakes, my lessons, not your business. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining, welcome. Thanks for coming by and giving us an opportunity. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible, where listening is the new reading. For a limited time, get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. My life, my choices, my mistakes, my lessons, not your business. Although this post was really, really popular on the Facebook page, I also received a decent number of negative responses to it, which shows me just how codependent many of us in the society, our society are, without even being aware of it. But I also understand the reservation for taking this to the extreme, so we'll just get that out of the way right now. The not-your-business portion of this is only true if it is actually not their business. <laughs> if I'm making choices, mistakes, choices and mistakes in my life that do directly affect other people, then of course it's their business. So I just want to get that extreme out of the way. But I don't think that is the general principle behind the quote. I don't think that's the valuable portion of the quote. So we're going to kind of unpack this today, I think, a little bit and, and dig into it and try to wrap our heads around what I think is the most valuable aspect of the quote, which is setting proper boundaries with people. I'm a huge fan of boundaries. I definitely wasn't when I was in my 20s. It took me two, two and a half decades of my life to finally discover how important it was to love people enough to set boundaries so that your relationships can grow properly without getting into each other's gardens, I guess is part of the analogy. Getting lost in the weeds, maybe that's a better part. Getting lost on somebody else's farm because it's their farm. <laughs> I'm going to have a couple book recommendations on that as well. And there are audiobooks. So if you haven't done the audible.wisdomworthknowing.org, you can get one of these books I'm going to talk about in today's episode there for free. Some of them may actually be part of the Premium Plus catalog. I'm not sure. But uh, you do get one book free for 30 days, and you can always cancel if you don't like it. But. Let's start with the beginning. My life. So it is your life. It's your life. I don't know if I need to be, I don't know how much I need to emphasize that, but I want you kind to uh, kind of, I want you to kind of absorb it. It's your life. Are you living for someone else? Are you making all of your decisions based upon what others think? What others feel? How others react? Now, let me be careful here. 
if you have kids or people who actually depend on you, you are going to make some concessions. There are certain parts of your life you are going to give up. That is the commitment, especially that comes with kids. We make a conscious choice that we are going to give up a portion of our life. That is the sacrifice. Because kids are dependent. They cannot live on their own. So that's not what I mean when I say, are you making decisions based on other people? What I mean is other adults who are wholly capable of taking responsibility for themselves and their actions and their decisions. Yet somehow you continually find yourself in a situation or position where all of your decisions revolve around them and their reactions and what they may or may not do. If that is you, then your life is not your own at that moment, or at least in that relationship. I'm not saying abandon it, but it may be a good time to sit down and try to figure out in that relationship dynamic where you end and where they begin. So that's my life. Your life is yours. Their life is theirs. And that's okay. My choices, the next part of the quote, have you taken ownership for all of the decisions and choices you make in your life? Have you taken responsibility for your choices? That's a loaded question. This includes all the mistakes and failures and shortcomings. Have you owned them? We don't get to tell other people that our choices are not their business if we have not taken responsibility for their choices, for our choices. Once again, the quote does assume that if I'm going to take responsibility for my life and my choices, then I can comfortably tell people that my choices are not their business. Hey, this was my mistake. This was my choice. I will live with the consequences. You're not allowed to say my choices if you intend to dump those consequences on other people because they're not your choices at that point. You're forcing other people to carry your load. You can't say, hey, it's none of your business when that exact choice becomes their business. Hopefully this isn't you. But that's the second question on the second part of this quote. My choices. Are we taking responsibility for our choices? Because then you get the benefit of telling people, hey, you know what? This is my choice. And I will live with the consequences. You can even tell them, I appreciate your feedback. But at the end, it's not on you. It falls on me and I will own it. That's empowering, but it's also kind of scary. Which moves into the next part of the sentence, which is my mistakes. Sure, we make good choices, and we, by the way, we don't have any problem taking credit for the good choices we make, do we? <laughs> That's not difficult. When we make good choices and good things come out of it, then we are the first ones to jump to taking credit for those choices. But then there's the my mistakes. Do we take responsibility for all of the mistakes we make? 
Once again, we can't tell people, people, hey, this is my mistake to make. Mind your own business. If our mistakes are inevitably going to spill over into them. My lessons. And now I like that they closed the, the, the last on the list with my lessons because those first three we talked about where you take ownership of your life and you take ownership of your choices and you take ownership of your mistakes, lessons and wisdom are going to inevitably follow. Because if we actually take ownership and responsibility for the consequences of our life choices and mistakes, we are going to quickly learn from them. Because it's going to burden us tremendously if we don't. Taking ownership of a failed relationship, a failed marriage, a failed friendship, a failed job. Taking full ownership of those things is going to inevitably teach us things. I can honestly tell you there is nothing more empowering than taking ownership of everything we've done wrong. But it's also terrifying. But the reason it's empowering is because if we fully grasp everything that we've done wrong in our life choices and the mistakes we've made, then we are better people than we were. That actually gives purpose to all of the bad choices we've made. If we can transform all of the bad things we've done into lessons... then we've created currency. We've created value from hardship. This is arguably, in some ways, the meaning of life. I'm not arrogant enough to believe I know the full meaning of life, but I do think this is a part of it, at least a corner of it. I think, I think that is a very loaded question with many dynamics. But I think ownership and responsibility for our situation is a tiny corner of that. Because it does allow us or create a, it creates a life in which all of the bad decisions we make or the bad things that happen to us that, that manifest from suffering, it gives purpose to all of it. But again, that does require us to take responsibility on our end. I am a Christian. I do talk about my faith pretty openly. If you're not a Christian, that's totally fine. It's not my business. <laughs> but the reason I, I bring that up is because walking into suffering was literally the cornerstone of Christ's teaching. Death and resurrection and life, suffering and, and, and redemption are at the root of life, of having a meaningful life. And life choices and mistakes result in suffering because we are not, we are finite creatures with finite knowledge. So we are going to make bad choices and we are going to make mistakes. But redemption through suffering gives those mistakes purpose. And the reason Christ offered unconditional forgiveness for belief in him was so that we could transform any form of suffering, any form, 
By the way, the people of the Bible were some of the most terrible people in existence. That's why it gets criticized so frequently. It's like, how could all of these people who did all these bad things be saved? That's the point. If you're one of those people who go through the Bible and look for all the bad stuff in it to point out the flaws in the people in it, you've missed the point. (laughs) The Bible never, ever, not once made a claim that people were good. It claims the complete opposite. All of the saints in the Bible were bad at some point. They made choices. They made mistakes. But the best stories of the Bible are the ones who who were redeemed through that. They died to their mistakes, and they transformed them through redemption into life lessons and wisdom. Not trying to get too preachy here. I, I think whether you're religious or not, there's value there. We can all use forgiveness. We carry around with us our mistakes and choices as if carrying the weight of those is of value. But the value is not in the weight. The value is in the redemption. This isn't something that happens overnight. There are things that take us years to die and redeem ourselves through. This is arguably why Christ had to forgive people over and over again. I think he said 70 times 7 is the amount of times he'll forgive us. Obviously, it's more than that. The point is that this is a process that we go through. And then finally, we get the benefit of all of this, of taking responsibility for our lives, taking responsibility of our choices, taking responsibility for our mistakes, Learning our lessons, now we get the luxury and benefit of saying, it's not your business. Now we can set that boundary with people. And people will be more receptive of this boundary if they know you're the kind of person who will take responsibility for your choices and mistakes. Who they know you will learn from your choices and mistakes. They'll respect the fact that you're making choices and mistakes because they know that you're going to be stronger through them. You've proven yourself. They don't have to worry that the choices and mistakes you're making are going to continually and perpetually fall on them. It starts with us. So while the post does come across as inherently selfish, I think that there's a lot more value there than first meets the eye. But there's also a cost. And if we don't take ownership of that cost, we're not allowed to take the benefit. We're not allowed to make decisions every day that hurt people, that put more of a burden on others, that make other people's lives harder, that we have no intention of learning from, and then expect them to mind their own business. That's not something we get to do. We can do it. Maybe they're so codependent or so scared to set boundaries with us that they won't stop bailing you out. But you will destroy your relationships that way. 
If you are making decisions that are harming and hurting and putting burdens on others and have no intention of taking responsibility for those choices and owning them, then you're going to find yourself alone. Or in a codependency situation in which you resent the people who rescue you all the time. This is a byproduct of an unhealthy dynamic and relation power, unhealthy power dynamic between you and the people around you. It's a tough balance. So I do recommend the book Boundaries on this specific topic. Crucial accountability is another one, but Boundaries, I think, is in particular beneficial here. Because we all have unhealthy power dynamics in many of our relationships. We need to learn to set boundaries in our own relationships, in our own lives, from other people encroaching on our growth opportunities. We do need to be able to occasionally say, hey, I know you're scared that I'm going to make a mistake. And you're afraid I'm going to make a bad choice. But this is my mistake or bad choice to make. I'm going to do the best I can. And if I don't, I will learn from it. So please... Mind your business in this situation. You can try to be diplomatic about it. You may have to be firm, but that's you setting a boundary with another person. Communicating that effectively, you have the intention of actually learning from it, I think will shut up most people pretty quick. If they're like, oh, okay, he's he's aware that there's risk in this, or you know what I mean? They, they understand you're fully going into it knowing you could be making a mistake. But then you could turn around and you could tell people that who are trying to get you to bail them out, you can say, hey, this was your choice. This was your mistake. What did you learn from this? You can especially say this if they expect you to bail you out, bail them out from it. Now, I'm not saying it's not good to bail people out, especially if they're close friends and family. I mean, that's why we have relationships, we, so we can be there for people. But we do need to be careful in whether we become the path of least resistance for people. We need to be careful that we aren't robbing them of the opportunity to grow. It took me a long time to realize how much I would bail people out. I would protect them from failure to a point where they didn't even know I was protecting them. And so it was really sobering of me. And I think this was in the boundaries book. Could have been also, no, I think it might've been in keep your love on by Danny Silk. It is very sobering when you realize that when you bail people out all the time, even with, especially without their knowledge, that you are robbing them of the opportunity to become better people. You are hurting them, not helping them. You're doing the complete opposite. By keeping them from making mistakes or protecting them from the consequences of those mistakes, you are robbing them of the opportunities those mistakes present to them to learn from those mistakes. That's pretty sobering. It's like a 180 on the way I used to think. No, 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 I'm helping them. No, I'm helping them. I'm keeping bad things from happening. I'm keeping this from... 
keeping no I'm, I'm helping him I'm helping him what you're really doing is taking away their power and you're taking the power in the relationship and you're creating an unhealthy power dynamic and you're robbing them of the opportunity to become more powerful people and you're going to wake up one month one year five years from now and you're going to find that that person cannot live on their own they have become powerless and weak and you're going to resent them for it you're going to be like why does this person depend on me so much why won't they just grow up take responsibility not realizing how much you contributed to that dynamic and i get it it's scary letting people make mistakes people close to you especially people you love especially but if we love people well we will allow them to make mistakes and we will communicate to them that hey this is your mistake and your choice you need to fix it i love you and i care for you i'm always going to be here for you if things get catastrophic But I'm not going to bail you out unless I know full well you've taken responsibility for this. And I know that it's an isolated situation in which I'm not taking over your responsibility. There's a couple really good ways you can do this in your language with people for setting those boundaries initially. Ask them a lot of questions when they're dumping on you all of their choices and mistakes. Ask them questions that put them in a power position. What are you going to do about that? Oh, no, that's terrible. What do you think is best? And then you can act as a supporting role in whatever path they decide. It empowers them. It's an empowering question. What are you going to do about that? And, and I don't mean it in a condescending way. It's like, oh, no, that's horrible. And they may even press because they're used to you bailing them out. They may go, well, I'm hoping you can help me. And you can say, well, in what capacity do you want me to help? And then if they make a suggestion, you don't even think it's the best, say, I don't know, that might work. Or I don't think that might be the best choice, but I'll support your choice in making it. Let's try it. Let them fail. There's a, the book, um, The Dichotomy of Leadership and uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. There is a chapter in there in which he talks about the power control freaks in the, in the Navy SEALs that have the personality type of, of trying to control every aspect of the group. And he said that a lot of leaders have trouble allowing their subordinates to make mistakes because they'll just they just because they have so much experience they'll swoop in and rescue he said this is especially true if a subordinate is making a decision or a mistake they've made in the past and he said that that's a trap because you want them to learn that same lesson so you need to find a way to communicate to them that it may not be the best course but you will support them because it is their decision to make Say, hey, you know what? I don't think this will be the best solution to this, but we're going to try what you suggest. 
and then you follow them into the mistake. And then you allow them to make the mistake and hopefully learn the same lesson you did. Just a, it's a, it's a great, great set of books. Those two books are fantastic for setting boundaries and communication. And I mean, obviously the Navy SEALs are the, the most significantly well-trained and well-disciplined people in the world. They're dealing with actual life and death situations. There's a lot we can learn in how they develop their leadership and subordinate power dynamics because they need to rely on each other literally to survive. So they've learned some of the hardest lessons. So let's not rob people of their opportunity to grow. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover the next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, you can get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog, as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. Pause this podcast right now and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. Make sure you use that link to help support the show. It is a limited time deal. So grab it right now. So a couple books we talked about in the show today, they are all on Audible. Keep Your Love On, Boundaries, The Four Loves, Love Languages, um, Extreme Ownership, The Dichotomy of Leadership. And that's just a handful. What's really cool about the Extreme Ownership and Dichotomy of Leadership books is it's actually read by Jocko Willink, who is the Navy SEAL who wrote it. And it's kind of fun. He's got that deep, gritty voice that you would expect to hear from a Navy SEAL. That guy's fantastic. He's also got a podcast, so please don't stop listening to mine to go listen to his. <laughs> Hopefully you'll still stay subscribed to mine after you listen to his. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If you haven't liked, shared, and subscribed on your favorite social network, please do. We are on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We should also be on almost every podcast network out there. If you find that we are missing, please send me a message on Twitter or Facebook. You can go to wisdomworthknowing.org. There are direct links to a lot of these channels for subscribing. Until then, remember, my life, my choices, my mistakes, my lessons, not your business. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain, and until tomorrow, remember, let's try to be the best version of ourselves we can today because that's all we can do. Have a wonderful day.